Chapter Seven of Mr. Incool's Misadventure. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Mr. Incool's Misadventure by Edgar Saltus. Chapter Seven. What may be seen from Apolco. The installation was accomplished without difficulty. The Marquis migrated to other shores, and it took Maida but a short time to discover the pleasures of being luxuriously housed. The apartment which she selected for herself was composed of four rooms. There was a sitting-room in an angle, with windows overlooking the sea, and others that gave on a quiet street, which skirted one wall of the villa. Next to it was a bedroom, also overlooking the street, while back of that, on the garden side, was a bath and a dressing-room. A wide hall that was like a haunt of echoes separated these rooms from those of her husband. Through the street, which was too steep to be much of a thoroughfare, there came each morning the clinging strain of a pastoral melody, and a pipe-playing goat-herd would pass leading his black, long-haired flock to the doors of those who bought the milk. When he had gone, the silence was stirred by another sound, a call that rose and fell with exquisite sweetness, and died away in infinite vibrations. It came from a little old woman, toothless and bent, who, with summer in her voice, hawked crisp gold bread of crescent shape, vaunting its delicacy in bird-like trills. There were other vendors who announced their wares in similar ways, and one, a fisher chaunted a low and mournful measure which he must have caught from the sea it was pleasant to be waked in this wise maida thought and as she lay in her great bed of odorous wood she listened to the calls and when they had passed the boom and retreating rustle of the waves occupied and lulled her in such moments the thoughts that visited her were impermanent and fleeting she made no effort to stay them, preferring the vague to the outlined, watching the changes and transformations of fancy, as though her soul and she were separate, as were her mind a landscape, some paysage choisi, que vont charmant masque et bergamasque, jouant du luth et dansant et quasi, triste sous leur déguisement fantasque. The room was an accomplice of her languor. The windows were curtained with filmy yellow. Before them were miniature balconies filled with flowers, and as the sun rose the light filtered through flesh-coloured awnings striated with ochre. The floor was a mosaic of variegated and lacquered wood. On either side of the bed were silk rugs, sea-green and pink, seductive to the foot. The ceiling was a summer sky at dawn, a fresco in cinnabar and smalt. The Blydenburgs, less luxuriously inclined, remained at the hotel. Mr. Blydenburg had not as yet enjoyed an opportunity of conversing in Basque. He had indeed attempted to address a mildewed little girl whom he encountered one day when loitering on the cliffs, but the child had taken flight, and a mule that was pasturing on a bramble threw back its ears, elongated its tail, and curving its lips, brayed with such anguish that Mr. Blydenburg was fain to delay his studies 
until fortune offered a more favourable opportunity it was at san sebastian he thought that such an opportunity would be found ready-made and on the morning of the projected excursion he was in great and expectant spirits the morning itself was one of those delicious forenoons that reminded one of veronese in the air was a caress and in the breeze an exhilaration and a tonic in the streets and about the squares there was an unusual liveliness much loud talking a great many oaths and an irritation and excitement which is the prelude to a festival the entire summer colony seemed to be on its way to spain in the courtyard of the villa zungzaraga four horses harnessed to a landau stood in readiness on the box the driver glistened with smart buttons and silver braid his coat was short his culottes were white his waistcoat red and he had made himself operatic with the galloons and trappings of an eighteenth-century postillion it was not every day in the year that he drove to a corrida by way of preparation for the coming spectacle Carl, who stood at the carriage door had already engaged a palco when blydenburg and milly arrived and the party had entered the landau there was a brisk drive through the town and a long sweep down the route d'espagne than which even the corniche is not more lovely the vaporous pyrenees seemed near enough to be in reach of the hand the elms that lined the roadsides were monstrous like the elms in a druid forest the fields were as green as they had been painted there were pink villas with blinds of pale yellow white houses roofed with tiles of mottled red gardens splendid with the scent of honeysuckle and children bright-eyed clear-featured devoured by vermin and greed ran out in a bold aggressive way and called for coin estamos en españa the carriage had come to a sudden halt in the beauties of the landscape the journey had been forgotten but at the driver's word there came to each of them that sudden thrill which visits everyone that crosses a new frontier blydenburg looked eagerly about him he had expected to be greeted by alcals and alguacils he had fancied that he would view a jota or at the very least a roadside bolero are we really in spain he wondered in places of ladies in mantillas and short skirts there was a group of mangy laborers the alcalgues and alguacils were represented by sullen aduanaro and the only trace of local color was the muttered coño de dios that came wearily from a bystander certainly they were in spain the custom-house officer made a motion and the carriage swept on to the left was fuenterabia dozing on its gulf of blue and soon they were in irun there was another halt for lunch and a change of horses and then on again the scenery grew wilder and the carriage jolted for the road was poor they passed the Quibel, the hain curisqueta the hamlet of leso pesaje from whence lafayette set sail renteria a city outside of the year of our lord they crossed the oyazun they passed adsa another stream was bridged and at last the circus hove in sight 
the bull-ring of san sebastian was sufficiently vast for a battalion to manoeuvre in at its ease it is circled by a barrier some five feet high back of which is another and a higher one between the two is a narrow passage above the higher barrier rise the tendidos the stone benches of the amphitheatre slanting upwards until they reach a gallery in which are the gradas the wooden benches and directly over these on the flooring above are the palcos or boxes each box holds twenty people they are alike save that of the president's which is larger decorated with hangings and furnished with chairs the other boxes having only seats of board under the president's box and beneath the tendidos is the toril from which the bulls are loosed opposite across the arena is the matadoro the gateway through which the horses enter and the dead are dragged out in the passage between the two barriers are stationed the supes who cover up the blood unsaddle dead horses and attend to other matters of a similar and agreeable nature there too the carpenters stand ready to repair any injury to the woodwork and among them is a man in black who at times issues furtively and gives a coup de grace to a writhing beast there also are usually a few privileged amateurs who seek that vantage ground much as the dilettanti seek the side scenes of the theatre these arrangements which it takes a paragraph to describe are absorbed at a glance but with that glance there comes an aftershock a riot of colour that would take a library to convey for the moment the eye is dazzled a myriad of multicoloured fans are fluttering like fabulous butterflies there are unimagined combinations of insolent hues a multitude of rainbows oscillating in a deluge of light and while the eye is dazzled the ear is bewildered the pulse is stirred the excitement of ten thousand people is contagious the uproar is as deafening as the thunder of cannon and then at once almost without transition a silence the president has come and the most magnificent of modern spectacles is about to begin almost simultaneously with the appearance of the chief magistrate of the town the Inkles and blydenburgs entered their box there was a blast from a trumpet and an official in the costume known as that of henry the fourth issued on horseback from the matadero the ring which a moment before had been peopled with amateurs was emptied in a trice the principal actor the espada mazantini escorted by his quadrilla and followed by the picadors advanced to the centre of the arena and there amid an explosion of bravos bowed with a grace like that which talma must have possessed first to the president who raised his high hat in return and then in circular wise to the spectators he was young and exceedingly handsome blue of eye and clear-featured he smiled in the contented way of one who is sure of his own powers and the applause redoubled the basques have made a national idol of him for by birth he is one of them and very popular in guipuzcoa he was dressed after the fashion of figaro in the barbiere his knee breeches were of vermilion silk seamed with a broad spangle his stockings were of flesh colour 
he wore a short close-fitting jacket richly embroidered the vest was very low but gorgeous with designs about his waist was a scarlet sash his shoulders were heavy with gold and on his head was a black pompon turban the torero variety of the tomashanta his costume had been imitated by the chulos and banderilleros nothing more seductive could be imagined they were all of them slight lithe and agile and behind them the picadors in the moorish splendor of their dress looked like giants on horseback the president dropped from his box the key of the toril the alguacil is supposed to catch it in his hat but in this instance he muffed it it was picked up by another the alguacil fled from the ring the picadors stationed themselves lance in hand at equal distances about the barrier the chulos prepared their mantles there was a ringing fanfare the doors of the toril flew open and a black monster with the colors of his ganaderia fastened to his neck shot into the arena if he hesitated no one knew it there was a confused mass of horse bull and man he was away again another picador was down and then attracted by the waving cloak of a chulo he turned and chased it across the ring the chulo was over the fence in a second and the bull rose like a greyhound and crossed it too truly a magnificent beast the supes and amateurs were in the ring in an instant and back again when the bull had passed a door was opened and surging again into the ring he swept like an avalanche on a picador and raising him horse and all into the air flung him down as it seemed into the very pits of death the picador was under the horse and the bull's horns were seeking him but the brute reckoned without the espada mazzantini had caught him by the tail and he twisted in such exquisite fashion that he was fain to turn and as he turned the espada turned with him the chulos meanwhile raised the picador over the barrier for his legs and loins were so heavy with iron that once down he could not rise unassisted across the arena a horse lay quivering in a bath of gore his feet entangled in his entrails and another unmounted staggered along dyeing the sands with zigzags of the blood that spouted fountain-like from his breast and over all was the tender blue of the sky of spain when mazzantini loosed his hold he stood a moment folded his arms gave the bull a glance of contempt turned on his heel and sauntered away the applause was such as no cabutine has ever received it was the delirious plaudits of ten thousand people drunk with the sun with excitement intoxicated with blood Mazzantini bowed as calmly as were he a tenor whose Oud de poitrine had found appreciation in the stalls and while the applause still lasted the bull caught the staggering blindfolded unprotected horse and tossed him sheer over the barrier and would have jumped after him had he not perceived a fourth picador ambling cautiously with pointed lance at him he made a fresh rush but the picador's lance was in his neck and held him away he broke loose however and with an under lunge disemboweled the shuddering horse there was another blast of the trumpets the signal for the bandilleros whose office it is 
to plant barbs in the neck of the bull a delicate operation for the bandolero must face the bull and should he trip he is dead this ceremony is seldom performed until the bull shows signs of weariness then the barbs act like a tonic in this instance the bull seemed as fresh as were he on his native heath and the spectators were clamorous in their indignation they called for more horses they accused the management of economy they stood up and shook their fists at the president it was for him to order out fresh steeds and as he sat impassable police verso as one may say they shouted fuego al presidente perro de presidente dog of a president set him on fire and there were catcalls and the screech of tin horns and resounding and noisy insults until the general attention was diverted by the pose of the bandoleras and the leaping and kicking of the bull seeking to free his neck from the torturing barbs at last when he had been punctured eight times he sought the centre of the ring and stood there almost motionless his tufted tail swaying nervously his tongue lolling from his mouth a mist of vapour circling from his nostrils seething about his splendid horns and wrinkled neck and in his great eyes a look of wonder as though amazed that men could be crueler than he again the trumpet sounded mazzantini with a sword concealed in a muletta of bright scarlet silk and accompanied by the chulos approached him the chulos flaunted their vivid cloaks and when the bull roused by the hated colors to new indignation turned to chase them they slipped aside and in the centre of the ring stood a young man dressed as airily as a dancer in a ballet in a costume that a pin would have perforated and before him a maddened and gigantic brute in a second the bull was on him but in that second a tongue of steel leaped from the muletta glittered like a silver flash in the air and straight over the lowered horns it swept and then cleaved down through the parting flesh and touched the spring of life at the very feet of the espada the bull fell he had not lost a drop of blood it was the supreme expression of tauromachia the recognition that skill works from force and then the applause there was a whirl of hats and cigars and cigarettes and had san sebastian been richer there would have been a shower of coin women kissed their hands and men held out their arms to embrace him it was the delirium of appreciation and mazzantini saluted and bowed and smiled he was quite at home and calmer and more tranquil than any spectator suddenly there was a rush of caparisoned mules ropes were attached to the dead horses the bull was dragged out the blood was concealed with sand and the toilet of the ring was made the trumpets sounded and the last act of the first of the wonderful cycle of dramas was done there were five more bulls to be killed that day but with their killing the action with which these pages have to deal need not be further delayed from the box in the sombra mr incoul had watched the spectacle with unemotional curiosity blydenburg who had fortified himself with the contents of a pocket flask manifested his earliest delight by shouting bravo 
but with such a disregard for the first syllable and such an explosion of the second that mr incoul mistaking the applause for an imitation of the bark of a dog had at last begged him to desist the adjoining box was crowded and among the occupants was a delicious young girl with the orient in her eyes and lips that said drink me to her the spectacle was evidently one of alluring pathos pobre caballo she would murmur when a horse fell and then with her fan she would hide the bridge of her nose as though that were her organ of vision but no matter how high the fan might be raised she always managed to see and with the seeing there came from her compassionate little noises a mingling of ay and dios mio that was almost agreeable to listen to miss blydenburg who sat so near her that she might have touched her elbow took these little noises for signals and according to their rise and fall learned when and when not to look down into the terrible ring below in the momentary intermission that occurred after the duel between the espada and the first bull a mozo guided by karl appeared in the box bearing with him cool liquids from the caverns beneath blydenburg whose throat was parched with brandy and the strain of his incessant shouts swallowed a naranjada at a gulp mr incoul declined to take anything but the ladies found much refreshment in a concoction of white almonds which affects the tonsils as music affects the ear it was not until this potion had been absorbed that maida began to take any noticeable interest she had been fatigued by the drive enervated by the heat and the noise and the clamour was certainly not in the nature of a sedative but the almonds brought her comfort she changed her seat from the rear of the box to the front and sat with one arm on the balustrade her hand supporting her delicate chin and as her eyes followed the prowess of the bull she looked like some fair pacify in modern guise it must have been the novelty of the scene that interested her the light the unusual and brilliant costumes the agility of the actors and the wonder of the sky entered probably as component parts into any pleasure that she experienced certainly it could have been nothing else for she was quick to avert her eyes whenever blood seemed imminent the second bull however was far less active than the first he had indeed accomplished a certain amount of destruction but his attacks were more perfunctory than angered and it was not until he had been irritated by the colored barbs that he displayed any lively sense of resentment then one of the bandileros showed himself either awkward or timid he may have been both in any event his success was slight and as the spanish audience is not indulgent he was hissed and hooted at give him a pistol cried some this acme of sarcasm torere de las marinas cried others he was offered a safe seat in the tendidos one group adjured the president to order his instant imprisonment one might have thought that the tortures of the inquisition could not be too severe for such a lout as he maida who was ignorant of the duties of a banderillero looked down curiously at the gesticulating crowd below the cause of their indignation she was unable to discover and was about to turn to mr blydenburg for information when there came a singing in her ears the question passed unuttered from her thoughts the ring the people 
the sky itself had vanished near the torrel on a bench of stone was lennox lee End of chapter seven